0: As we're all, baby. Welcome in. It is yet another edition of East Coast Bias. The boys back by popular demand here on the Ringer Gambling Show. Of course, for our friends over at FanDuel TV, as we welcome in Joe House, Raheem Palmer, John Jastrzemski. And we will dissect and break down all the ins and outs of the two respective North divisions. We will have the AFC North we will have the NFC North. We got you covered every which way. I do want to start with this out of the gate, because I was thinking about this, guys, when we were doing our AFCs and our NFCs previews, and you know, we were going through the odds and you know, trying to figure out what's what. How's you've been handicapping a long time, for better or worse? I would make the argument it's never been tougher breaking down these divisions and the win totals and just everything that comes with it, because the information that's out there, everybody has it. There's so much of it out there. And I almost feel like in many ways, these totals are sharper and sharper than ever.
1: Am I, am I losing it here? Or is that like a real thing? I certainly feel that way. I feel like when I look at these numbers, they are like right on. I don't have, uh, as I go through the, my preparation for the season like gigantic differences of opinion between what the books are putting out there how the public is responding and 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 what the the offerings are um and it's exactly for the reason you just cited the information that's available and the the overall interest right there is dialogue happening you can hear from smart people as soon as the schedule gets released, you know, back in the early part of the spring with draft and free agency, there's a new round of opinions being circulated. So there's no reason not to be an educated better. It doesn't mean that you're going to be a winning better, but you could be an educated better. JJ. Dream, I kind of disagree, disagree with you good. guys.
0: You think it's easier than
2: ever? Do you really? Why? Why do you say I that, Dream? Think, I'm, I'm not going to say it's easier than ever. But these win totals aren't particularly sharp. I think people assume that they're sharp. But when you look at, look at how things have played out historically, if you play the alternate win total over the last four or five seasons, you would have made out well. If you go back to 2019, 16 NFL teams have went over or under their alternate win total. That's like half the league cashed that plus money. If you go to 2020, 25 teams went over or under their alternate win total 78% of the league cash over or under their alternate win total. You go to 2021, that's 23. If you go to 2022, that's 22 teams. So more often than not, Vegas isn't getting these win totals correctly. And if you go a couple of games over or a couple of games under, you're making some money. So I think you just have to do a little digging and you can find a way to profit.
0: Interesting. Okay, listen, we profited last year with our season totals. We hope to do that again this year. The reason I bring that up, though, Dream, is because when I dissect these divisions, there are so many that are super tight from an odd standpoint. The win totals are super tight. And let's get to one of the divisions to me that's one of the more complicated and one of the tougher divisions to figure out in all football. And that would be the AFC North, where you have a Super Bowl favorite leading the way. In the Cincinnati Bengals. They were in the Super Bowl two years ago. They were in the AFC title game last year. They have Joe Burrow. They have all this offensive talent. And you're not surprised that Cincinnati is favored to go and win this division. But I think you can realistically make a case for every other team in the division to go and win it. I really believe that. You want to sit there and tell me this is the year for Baltimore. This is the year Baltimore finally gets help out of Lamar Jackson, and they have offensive weapons, and they play with a lot more pace. You could sell me on that. They're a 220. Cleveland, who we'll get to in a little bit. They're a 380. Pittsburgh at plus 490. Raheem, I'm starting with you on this one. Cincinnati, obviously, is the team to beat. But do you agree with my assessment that this division, you could make the argument, for these teams could, dare I say, go and win this bad boy
2: when you look at the division, it's a really tough division. I mean, obviously you have the Cincinnati Bengals. When you have Joe Burrow, when you have chase, you're going to have a top tier offense. When you look at the defensive coordinator, he slowed down teams. So I just think they're always dangerous. And their win total is what it is for a reason. When you look at the Baltimore Ravens, they were eight and four with Lamar Jackson before he got hurt. And they were one of the best offenses in the league before he got hurt. And they still almost beat, the Cincinnati Bengals in the postseason, they were a fumble away even with the backups. So when you look at John Harbaugh, he has the pedigree of a top-tier coach. Then when you look at the, the, the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns, to me, I think they're being undervalued because they have a top-tier offensive line. They have Nick Chubb running the ball. To me, if Deshaun Watson can return to form, they're dangerous. And then obviously you have the Pittsburgh Steelers where Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. So anybody can win this division. Obviously I I
1: agree with dream. I'll just come right out and say it. I I have three teams from the AFC North going to the playoffs in the extraordinarily competitive uh, American football conference this year. That's how much I believe in how these teams have built themselves, what their potential is, And the crazy thing is the team that I'm leaving out is the one that dream just mentioned. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers with the head coach who all he does is give out winning seasons and an opportunity to get to the playoffs every single year. And it's just by the slimmest of margins. Like if I could figure out a way to put Pittsburgh in uh, and leave out somebody from the AFC South, believe me, I would do it. But (laughs) the rules are the rules. I love this AFC North conference. It is going to be an absolute bruiser. And the thing I'm knocking on woods and I want everybody to hear it. Let's have good health. Let's have good health in the AFC North this season. That's the thing that's important because we already have a little bit of injury scare, a little worry coming out of the gates here, JJ.
0: No doubt with Joe Burrow with the calf issue. Now I do think he'll be out there week one. Uh, you're not going to see him at all in the preseason. And what kind of shape is he going to be in to kick off 2023? We don't really know until we start seeing Joe Burrow back in action and playing games. Guys, I'm dropping a hammer right out of the gate here. Uh, and you guys could call me crazy. You guys can mock me for this. You could belittle me for this. I don't really care. I'm picking the Cleveland Browns to win this division. I'm getting them a little under 4-1. to And I understand Deshaun Watson coming off the suspension last year. Looked like a quarterback who had not played football in a year and a half. But again, if I am looking at the overall nature of the roster, the Cleveland Browns are a well-rounded, well-oiled machine in a lot of different areas. They're terrific on the offensive line. They can run the football effectively. They get after the quarterback. I think they're a team that just did not play up to their potential last season. Was that Jacoby Brissett? Was that the, just the hangover factor of, hey, when is Deshaun Watson coming back? This kind of limbo period that the Browns were in. It's a monstrous year for the head coach. It's a monstrous year for the organization. House, I know Cincinnati's great. I know Baltimore's got my favorite coach in the league, John Harbaugh, who always finds a way to win games. But we talk about Tua and his inability to stay on the field. Let's make the same argument with Lamar Jackson, another guy who cannot stay on the field consistently. Assuming Deshaun Watson can be 80% of the player he was in Houston a couple of years ago. House, I love this number. I'm on it. I'm playing it. I'm playing Cleveland to make the playoffs. I'm playing Cleveland over wins. But I am also taking Cleveland at plus 390 to win the AFC North. I said it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I think my preference out of all the offerings as it relates to the Browns is for them to make the playoffs at plus money. Um, the, the, The concern is obviously we don't have a great track record of seeing Deshaun and Kevin Stefanski working together. And the receiver room in Cleveland is kind of a crucial position here. Absolutely adore Amari Cooper. What a what a professional! Right, all that dude does is go catch twelve hundred yards and ten touchdowns every single season. Why Dallas thought they could part with that, I'll never know. But the thing is, it's it's the great unknown with this Cleveland team. What version of Deshaun do we get? I like your idea of just give me eighty percent of Deshaun, but they they have to. You know, offer up some some version of this offense where they're getting a little bit more vertical. We need to see the ball go downfield. That was not the game plan last season. It needs to be part of the game plan this season. But they are going up against uh, uh tough because they're going up against um tough run defenses uh, and slightly easier pass defenses this season compared. The last season. So the opportunity should be staring us in the face and the talent is undeniable on both sides of the ball. It's just this this chemistry question to me, Dream.
2: I think you got to give Deshaun Watson the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he was three and three in his starts and obviously he had that horrible game against Houston. But then he had to play against New Orleans in 30-mile-per-hour wins. And we all know, we, we, we've seen it with a ton of different quarterbacks. When you take time off, you're not the same guy. And he missed almost a year and a half. So that's a lot of time to get reacquainted. So I think with the full training camp, with Kevin Stefanski, you, you look at the weapons they have over there. They have Amari Cooper. They traded for Elijah Moore. They signed Marquise Goodwin. And they drafted Cedric Tillman with a full preseason, a full training camp, I think this Cleveland Browns team is going to be much better offensively. I just think when you look at his pedigree from 2017 to 2020, this was a guy who always ranked top 10 in EPA play and success rate. I think he'll be fine. I just don't know if I'm buying them to win the division because I think there's a team in Baltimore that has a lot to say about that.
0: Well, once again, and that's a nice little segue. When we come back... Last year, Raheem Palmer was number one on the Baltimore Raven bandwagon across the board. Now, they didn't end up having a terrible season. They made the postseason. They fought valiantly in the wild card round against the Cincinnati Bengals, but it seems to be a similar script in Baltimore year after year. It sure seems like Raheem, once again, can't quit the Ravens. We'll see if the boys are back in the Ravens as well to win this division. I, for one, am not. We'll come right back. So we know Raheem loves the Ravens. He loves the Ravens. And in theory, love the coach. When a quarterback plays, he wins regular season games. But we have now had two consecutive years where Lamar Jackson is not on the field. It happened two years ago where he missed the end of 2021. And the Ravens were on the outside looking in come playoff time. Last year, Lamar Jackson misses this extended stretch. The Ravens offense is basically running offense from 1985 with Hundley, at quarterback. The defense got better. Their offense did not. That's my biggest issue, I believe, in backing the Ravens to go and win this division because I love the coach and I love the defense. That durability, listen, it's a fair question to wonder, can you have Lamar Jackson on the field at the end of the year when the game's? Not at the most for Baltimore.
1: So, JJ, I feel like it's fair and appropriate to put an asterisk next to last year's injury situation because the contract situation for Lamar, I personally think, and I'll never be convinced otherwise, played a big role in his durability, his his coming back to that team situation, in you know, and 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 in his inclination to come back. Um, at anything less than a hundred percent, so I, I I'm not sure that if he if the circumstances are exactly the same this year and he experiences an injury akin to what he experienced last year, I bet we would see him back at the end of the the season into the playoffs. That would be how I would a handicapped. So I think that that was an element of why his stretch uh, off the field was so extended. But the other side of that coin is how terrible. Terrible, terrible the Baltimore Ravens were uh, at the skill positions on offense. It, it's really a, 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 a an indictment of the front office in Baltimore of what they've surrounded. They have squandered this kid and, and this this talent that he showed in 2019. We know because we're all smart football consumers now, the, the most valuable thing you can get in this iteration of the NFL is a quarterback who's a stud on a rookie contract. That is how you can go win football games because that money that you're saving by not having to deploy it at quarterback, you can go spend on other positions and Baltimore just flat out. Didn't put any kind of talent around the Lamar Uh, this year. Finally, it seems like they've seen the light. We see all of this skill. They drafted a wide receiver in the first round. We have a new offensive coordinator. We have Odell Beckham Jr. And so the offense is going to be properly collecting a lot of attention and focus because we want to see Lamar cook. We want to see the 2019 version of Lamar with some genuine weapons. To me, the question with the Baltimore Ravens is on defense. I still have a lot of bad taste in my mouth about the, the, the fourth quarter leads that they gave up last year. And if you're a glass half full kind of person like I am, because I have indeed followed Dream's lead and bet on Baltimore in a variety of ways, including to win the Super Bowl at 18 to one. I think that there was a defense before Roquan Smith and there's a defense after Roquan Smith. And the defense after Roquan is a ferocious monster, old school Baltimore Ravens defense. And if that defensive uh, side of the ball can't stay healthy, then I think we have both sides of the ball covered. All right, Dream, that, that's where I'm coming from on this one.
2: Look, I, I 100% agree. I'm glad you mentioned the defense because this is a team that was 25th in EPA for play before the Roquan Smith trade and their fifth after it. So that was a completely different defense the last eight weeks of the season than we saw in the first eight weeks of the season where they just were blowing leads. You look at some of the leads that they blew the game against Miami. They were completely dusting this team and taking them into the deep waters and drowned them. And then they just let Miami come back. You look at the game against the giants where they had two turnovers in the final five minutes of the fourth quarter. So, this team was just super unlucky. And they weren't just unlucky in terms of blowing leads. This was a team that was 25th in adjusted games lost due to injury. It wasn't just Lamar Jackson, it was the rest, it was the whole team just going to the hospital. So to me, this team is in the perfect position for regression. And then you look at the new offensive coordinator, they bring in Todd Munkin from Georgia. He's a guy who's going to push the pace. And look, House already mentioned the fact that they haven't put a ton of weapons around. Lamar Jackson. Despite that, the Ravens were still top five in EPA per play on offense. Now you add Zay Flowers. Now you add Odell Beckham Jr. with Rashad Bateman and and Mark Andrews. This offense is going to be top tier. They're going to push the pace. Now, there is some concern at corner. That's my concern. But when you have an offense as good as the Baltimore Ravens, I expect this team to be dominant. I'm taking them over. 10 and a half wins. That actually got better from over nine and a half to 10 and a half for a reason. I also think you can take them on an alternate win total at over 11 and a half wins at plus 175, over 12 and a half wins at plus 320. Take them to win the AFC and take them to win the Super Bowl. I know they're like the Los Angeles Clippers for me. I can't quit them, but this team has just been so unlucky. And when you look at teams in position who have under-achieve, underachieved in this manner, they tend to go over. So that's us with it. Okay, Raheem. Okay, House. You guys are in on the Ravens. You make a compelling case.
0: I am in on Cleveland. And what I'm about to do right now, I think, could be a big mistake because I think somebody hit on it. It might have been House. It might have been Raheem. We all know the nugget. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. It looked like last year was going to be Mike Tomlin's first losing season. The Steelers were in last place. The Steelers looked dead to rights. Then all of a sudden, they rallied off and rattled off a bunch of wins and found themselves right on the doorsteps of making the postseason and they went nine and eight. Now, the Steelers' win total, Raheem, is at eight and a half games and the over is being juiced big time over at FanDuel Sportsbook. I know the coach is terrific and he knows how to get the most out of a team. I know what their record is with and without TJ Watt, but you're telling me that all four of these teams in the AFC North, they're going to have winning records. I can't see it. Like it just, I don't think there's a world where we're staring at four teams in this division, all North of the 500 mark. I like Cleveland. I like Cincy. I like Baltimore all more than the Pittsburgh Steelers. And one thing about Pittsburgh, I want to throw this out there because I was doing a little prep work and research guys, which I love to do every now and again, we have a little fun in the research department. I want to read this Steelers schedule to you because This is how the Steelers found their way back to a winning record. They beat the Saints. They beat the Colts. They beat the Falcons. They beat the Panthers. They beat Vegas. They won a three-point game against Baltimore on the road, and they beat Cleveland at the end of the year when Cleveland had nothing to play for. Raheem, I don't think the Steelers have a winning record this year. They're feisty. They're competitive. This is the year Mike Tomlin goes under that total. Can I get you guys to buy in under eight and a half wins?
1: Are you asking me or Dream? I'm asking both no of you. No chance, that? Lance. No way. <laughs> Under no circumstances can can I countenance... The, the idea of going against Tomlin. But hold on a
0: second though. Then who are you betting against in this division? You tell me everybody's going to have a winning Yes. That's yes. Did you watch
1: the, the NFC East last year? We just had it. Nobody forecasted that garbage NFC East to come out with four teams at 500 or better. And both the giants and the C words, the C words are right there. I mean, you know, both of them, uh, uh it should have been all above 500. I think that, that, that this, the way this sets up, they have the AFC South and they have the NFC West. So you're catching the Cardinals and the Rams, and you're catching the garbage AFC South teams. You're catching the Texans. You're catching the Colts, you know, who I actually was kind of bullish on until all this nonsense. Uh, with, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, Taylor stuff, man. Yeah. So, look, I, I, I just am not going to uh, bet against the professionalism of Coach Mike Talman. That's all. And I mean, to House's
2: point, they also play the Raiders, who, I mean, I don't protect them to be good. They also play <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals. So those are two wins right there. However, to JJ's point, Pittsburgh was the healthiest team in the NFL last season. I know JJ Watt missed more than two games, but besides him, they were one of the healthiest, they were the healthiest team in the NFL last year. All offense, they were the healthiest team, they didn't have too many people miss. Snaps on defense. So that is one thing that should regress to the mean this year. I I think the biggest thing for me is that I I don't really trust Kenny Pickett at all. I I mean, he did play well down the stretch, but he's not a guy that I necessarily want to back or uh, see a ton of upside in. But I'm just not fading Mike Tomlin at all. There's no way in the world that I'm going to bet them to go under eight and a half wins with his track record. This is just something I just want to completely stay away from. If they're bad, then I'd rather play them in season game to game. Fair enough, boys. Listen,
0: you're going with history and I understand the history. They've not had a losing se- season on this head coach. So that's on your side. I'm just telling you, not every single team in this division is finishing with
2: a winning record. I actually it's, have a question. It's for not house. happening. It's not happening. I, I, have, Go a, ahead. I have a Let's question for house. So, There's a lot of people who say because Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season, are you willing to play the tail the opposite way? Like maybe an alternate win total over or, you know, maybe the the Steelers to win the, the division because, I mean, Kenny Pickett did play well down the stretch. I mean, he finished the season as top 10 in EPA per play. So can you go the opposite way? and and possibly make money on this cuz i've i've seen some professional gamblers
1: out there doing it um i'm not comfortable doing that because the the division is too tough and and i don't want to be in in that position but i understand that sort of speculative it, it's correlated right if you believe you believe um i i i you know I, I just am, am not in, a, in in any kind of position to do anything beyond, I'm not going to bet on Pittsburgh at all because I just don't you know, want to be on the wrong side of it. But all, all I would do, the juice at minus 150 is way too expensive, but it's, it's, it's well-placed. I mean, I understand why, but I, I'm not going to go in the, in the other direction. I, there is room for some team in this division to jump up. And it's the case that, that JJ made, for Cleveland, and it's the case that I think I feel pretty comfortable with. I'd much rather bet um, the Ravens to win the division at plus two twenty. Like that, that that's the direction I would go in out of this division as opposed to the Steelers.
2: Yeah, I, I just think it's interesting because I think we're in a position to where you can play the long tails statistically. So either this is going to go really, really poorly, and JJ is going to win his bet, or maybe they just you know, win the division and just, you know, sneak up on everybody. I mean, they do play a tough schedule, but from weeks eight to 10, they have three straight home games. And it's not too many teams in the NFL who's doing that. So it wouldn't surprise me if Pittsburgh won 10, 11 games and, you know, just kind of snuck out with a chance to win this division. We
0: didn't mention Cincinnati
2: aside from the burrow calf injury house.
0: I love Joe burrow. I love Jamar chase. I love coach Lou on defense. Is this a year, though, where you can maybe find some regression potentially in the team that is the most bet team out of anyone to go and win the Super Bowl? The public better can't wait to go and bet the Cincinnati Bengals. When I hear stuff like that, it makes me think, I don't know, man, under, under, under. Just saying. I want to
1: tell you uh, about a very uncomfortable experience I had over the weekend in the face of this Joe Burrow news. I took the time to go ahead and investigate what the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback room looks like. It made my stomach hurt a little bit. If you have conviction about the Cincinnati Bengals and want to see them realize their potential i really uh i it, 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 i almost am uh, am a you know afraid to say it. Their quarterback room is Trevor Simeon and Jake Browning now we have seen a symbiosis between Joe Burrow and his receiving room and the tight ends and what it's created on that offense. It's an absolute juggernaut. This, this, this team, they're so good at that quarterback receiver combination that they, in the face of a bunch of too high defenses where they were struggling and they were trying to do play. action, they're like, F it. Here's what we're going to do. Joe Burrow, go stand behind in shotgun catch the ball, take, take the snap out of shotgun and just throw it to your receivers. As the season developed, that's where they ended up. And if you look at the number of times, no play action, Burrow out a shotgun. They like more than doubled the rest of the league out of that. They're like, we know how to beat everybody. It's going to be Joe Burrow throwing the ball to these dudes. But if Joe Burrow is not the guy standing back there throwing the ball. Oh, it is a sorry, sorry state of affairs. Now, maybe Cincinnati is one of those teams, we were speculating on East Coast bias. There are some teams out there that might be harvesting bodies. Is Matthew Stafford a potential, like, you know, does Cincinnati look at at, at how do we really fortify this? Because they're built for it. They are built for it. The the public ain't wrong about Cincinnati as a potential Super Bowl contender. My only like question when we get into the X's and O's of it when it relates to Cincinnati, uh, setting aside Burrow, is uh, it feels to me... Like completely overhauling your safety position is meaningful. Jesse Bates and and Von Bell both both out of the picture this coming season. I bought. I thought those dudes were pretty good and pretty important to the defensive toughness to the identity of that that Cincinnati defense. That's an open question to me. But Dream, I mean, it's Burrow or bust, right?
2: Oh yeah, it's definitely Burrow or bust. Um, I mean, when you have Burrow and you have T. Higgins, you have Tyler Burrow, you have Chase, you're going to have a top five offense, which is what they've had. And when you look at, I mean, Rumo, what he does with the defense, I, I just think I understand why the public is betting it. This is a team that was fortunate. They did overperform their tag expectation. I, I just can't. I, I just don't see any value in it. I, I feel like this is a team that if Burrow was to get hurt, I mean, or they're just not as lucky they could go under and and slightly fall off. So I don't want to touch this either direction.
0: Boys, when we come back, the NFC North needs to be dissected. And believe it or not, a team that has not won a playoff game since before I was born is the favorites to win the division. Justified, is there a team we can find there? I said it gives us a little bit of value in the NFC North. A whole lot of different opinions. On this AFC North with the triple threat right here. I love it. We're coming back. We'll dissect and get into who's going to win the NFC North. That's coming up next. All right, boys, we go from the AFC North, where I think you'll have multiple playoff teams, to the NFC North, where there's a decent chance that maybe you only have one. Max, you're going to have two teams in this division going to the postseason. And... It sure seems like the schedule makers, the odds makers, the public, they're all aligned on this one. They kind of fell in love with what they saw from Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions at the end of last year. In Hutchinson, a resurgence from Jared Goff, winning that final game of the year against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, sending him to New York, beating the Jets in a pivotal game down the stretch. Like the Lions were one of those teams I think we all wanted to see them in the postseason. Unfortunately, they did not get in. Well, the Lions are at plus 155. They are the favorites to win the NFC North. The Minnesota Vikings, who were the luckiest team in the NFL a year ago, plus 260 with uh, Netflix superstar Kirk Cousins and arguably the best receiver in the NFL, Justin Jefferson. But uh, Minnesota defense that, listen, no great shakes. Vulnerable, to say the least. Green Bay. Transition year for them with Aaron Rodgers gone, Jordan Love in. Packers are plus three forty to win the division, and then you have the Chicago Bears who retooled after that big trade they made with Carolina. They go and get DJ Moore. They got a lot of draft picks. They're plus four hundred to win the NFC North. So, House, the Lions are the favorites. It's weird living in a world where Detroit is favorites to be anything. You don't want a team that's going to go win a division title. I know you're looking for value outside of Detroit.
1: Who is the team you have your eye on outside of Detroit? Well, I'll just come out and say it. I like two teams to make the playoffs, to make the NFC playoffs out of this NFC North division. Detroit is one of them, and I know we'll talk it through. The other team, and I know that Dream has a, a, a similar sentiment. It's the Green Bay Packers. My very favorite bet out of this entire division is Green Bay. Over seven and a half wins. Now you have to pay to get there. It's minus 122. And what we're really talking about here is a bet on Jordan Love. And we haven't seen very much of him. And we we, we, we uh, don't know yet how Matt LaFleur is going to sort of construct and, and create this opportunity. But Green Bay is quietly kind of built for it that their double-headed running back combination is, is quietly ferocious. I mean, they're they're right there. They're as good a, a two-headed running back combo as anybody in the league, in my humble opinion. Uh Jones is a super efficient runner. You look across the board at his at his uh performance over expectation, rushing the ball, he he's terrific. And AJ Dillon is kind of the workhorse. Um, They have a top 10 front seven on defense. They have good stability on the offensive line. And the question is the receiving room. It's a very young receiving room. It's Christian uh, Watson and it's Romeo uh, Dobbs. And, you know, we, we we, remains to be seen. I mean, Christian Watson caught 41 balls last year and, and Romeo has 42. That's your receiving room. So, you know, that, that's the open, Item here, But I think that there is an opportunity, and this is going right to the Podfather sweet spot, Ewing Theory. I think this team wants to show the world that it was being held back by Aaron Rodgers last year. It's ready to show up and show out on the scene. Uh, setting aside the hyperbole, I love their schedule. They have a tremendous schedule to start the season. They're at Chicago. They're at Atlanta, New Orleans, Detroit, at Las Vegas, at Denver. Uh, home against Minnesota and home against the Rams. Um, it was going through that list. You're not coming up with any team that's forecasted to win ten games in this upcoming season. So like that that opportunity very much for Green Bay. I think they're beginning being slept on a little bit. I love them at plus one thirty eight to make the playoffs. I love them at minus one twenty two for over seven and a half wins. I'm on the Green Bay Packers.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with House on this. I think this is the perfect viewing theory example. We look at Aaron Rodgers. He wasn't the same last year, just 21st in EPA per play, and 12th in pro football focuses. Great. So the biggest thing is, I know a lot of people were saying that this is a young receiving core: Christian Watson, Romeo Doves, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave. However, they're, they're a year older. Last year, they dropped the seventh 700- high. They drop passes at the seventh highest rate. And you look at the fact that they have that two-headed monster where Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think there's improvement all all the way around on this offense. I think Aaron Rodgers just didn't have the patience to really develop this receiving room. He didn't want to be there. He wanted to play on a team that had a chance to win the Super Bowl, and you're starting all over. You don't have Devontae Adams. I'm expecting improvement from this offense. And House hit the nail on the head. The only team that the Packers play – who has a chance to really win the Super Bowl is the Kansas City Chiefs. So, they have a really weak schedule and I saw I like what I saw from Jordan Love last year. He came in in the second half against the Eagles last year against that dominant pass rush and he he put up he put up some good numbers. So, I think Jordan Love is going to be really really good. The biggest thing is the offensive line to get David Batiari back. You have a top five offensive line. One thing I want to mention about Aaron Rodgers is that Last season he threw five interceptions on first down alone. So this was this wasn't the Aaron Rodgers of old. This was a guy who was just turning the ball over at will. So I like the Packers to win the NFC North. I'm gonna take a flyer on that at plus 340. I like him over seven and a half wins. I'm also gonna take this a step further. I'm gonna take Matt LaFleur, 16 to 1, to win coach of the year. This is down from 25 to 1. You look at the last. 14, 15 winners of this award, they tend to win nine games. And the win total comes in at around seven. So when you're looking for a coach of the year candidate, you're looking for a candidate who can exceed expectations. This is a team that can do that. And when you lose Aaron Rodgers, if this team goes out there and wins 10 games or nine games, he could easily be coach of the year. So that's where I'm rolling.
0: I think you guys bring up some fair points regarding the Ewing Theory. I think you bring up an excellent point, Raheem, as far as Matt LaFleur for coach of the year, because if you lose Aaron Rodgers, and we're talking about Green Bay being a playoff team, a lot of the pundits and the folks that get on all the time and talk about this sort of stuff, they're going to be ranting and raving about LaFleur. Now, I am not on the Packers. And I know you guys bring up Jordan Love and the idea that he was slinging it against the Eagles. They're also down like 21 points in that game. So I'm not going to get nuts. Now, it may turn out that he has a terrific year. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I'm just not there with the Packers. I'm not betting against them, but there's another team in the division I'm willing to back. House, I can't believe I'm doing this because they have been an awful team the last couple of years. They've been a team that's retooling the last couple of years. But I think the win total for the Chicago Bears over a Fandle tells you all you need to know. Seven and a half wins. I am buying and putting my money on the idea that Justin Fields, who really took a step forward last year and was making things happen and was electrifying in so many of these games, I think he has the opportunity to go and take it to another level this year. I am buying massive improvement out of Chicago. I am playing their over as a win total. I am going to sprinkle, even though I don't think they're going to win the division. I like value. You guys want to value with the Packers. I'm getting value with the Bears plus 400 to go and win the NFC North. And I'm going to bank on this being the year house
1: that Justin Fields turns into a star. Let's go, baby. The games where we saw Justin Fields get electric, the guy was running for his life. And I think what we established last year with the Chicago team is that they have a quarterback that can run, which is absolutely one of the, uh, m- most effective weapons in the modern NFL, but we still don't know whether or not he can pass. Now we're going to find out because they went out and got a great wide receiver in DJ Moore. So this is it. We're going to see whether or not Justin Fields can be an NFL level passer. But I'm worried they they had for a short stretch. Uh, as they 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 caught a bunch of of uh, opportunities to score a whole bunch of points where Justin Fields' legs saved them on third down, and they were competitive in those games. They still lost the games, but they were competitive in those games, and we saw some electric runs for him, but that's not a sustainable offense. I think Chicago is still a work in progress, and it's because of the defensive side of the ball. They tried to make some improvements on that side, but I still think they're a bottom 10 defense entering the season uh, dream. Yeah,
2: I I totally agree with House on this. I, I think he hit the nail on the head about the defense. I mean, when after you trade Raquan Smith and Robert Quinn, the the bottom completely fell out for this defense last year. And I, I do think they're going to be an improved team. Obviously, you bring in DJ Moore. They're hoping that that unlocks Justin Fields as a downfield passer. But that's just not something that he's done. I mean, he's he's been a better runner than he's been a passer. So he has to improve there. The defense has to improve. They did spend a lot of money with this offseason, but I, I haven't seen a lot of moves that they've made to make themselves a better defense. So I think this win total is kind of dead on. I think, I mean, they they were 1-7 one in, in one-score games last year. They did underperform their pot but... I I just don't know if they're going to take the next step to go from three and 14 to winning the division. So um, maybe seven and a half is, I mean, I'm not mad at going over, but I'm staying away. All right. I can't get you guys to
0: buy in on Justin Fields and the bears. You guys are all in on the green Bay Packers. There's a team in the division though that we are going to fade. I think, I think we're going to be a United front on this one. We'll uh, come back and get to that team before we say goodbye right after this. So, fellas, last year, the Minnesota Vikings were one of the most fortunate teams in NFL history. That's not exaggeration. That's not hyperbole. They were one of the most fortunate teams in NFL history. They still have some star power on the team. I know the coach did a good job of getting the most out of Kirk Cousins last year. Raheem, don't the Vikings, though, scream under with everything that transpired for them in a positive way last year? Don't they seem like a team that's just bound for regression? That's kind of the way I look at them going into the year.
2: I'm going under, and this is not even anything to think about. I mean, this is a team that was a mind-boggling, 11-0 in one-score games, and with, like, 11 of their 13 wins came by eight points or less. So this was one of, this was probably the luckiest team in NFL history. I'm not even going to think about this too hard. I'm going under. And I'm taking them to miss the playoffs too. I just don't see how they can replicate what they did last year. When you look historically, teams that overperform their pot expectation by this much, you just got
1: to go under. Yeah, JJ, the thing with Minnesota, the market is on this. They're minus 128 to miss the playoffs and I'm still betting them to miss the playoffs. That's my favorite bet. The win total scares me a little bit because I feel like they are eight or nine wins. But the team has told us who they think they are and what direction they're headed. They let a bunch of their sort of older, expensive talent just walk right out, right out the door. And and you know you don't have to look any further than than Dalvin Cook. But you know it was already a defense that um was was in in transition last year. A bunch of fourth quarter comebacks offensively, but look look on the defensive side, they let Zaydares Smith go, they let Eric Kendricks go, they let Patrick Peterson go. They have, I, I think, six new starters coming in on defense. I think the team recognizes this is Kirk Cousins' last year under contract. They they themselves are are lining up this as 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 a transition year and keeping their their powder dry. So the numbers are all in in, in place. Minus one twenty eight to miss the playoffs. That's reasonable. Uh, I do like what Dream's doing. If the under is plus money, it's plus one ten. If you go under eight and a half. Um, But but I think this is, you know, a, a team that is trying to find its focus for its longer term future. It's not a this year future. So fading Minnesota, the market's already on it. The public's on it. I think we're doing the right thing here.
0: No doubt about it. I like the under at eight and a half wins plus money. Sign me up right now. And I do think we'll be talking about Kirk Cousins this time next year wearing a different uniform for what it's worth. All right. Before we say goodbye officially, the Lions, they're trendy. They're sexy. They're fun. Are they overvalued? We'll find out. That's coming up. Lions, last but not least, it's, it's insane living in a world where people love the Detroit Lions because it's just something we're not used to. I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to deal, but they were very profitable. They took care of us for a good chunk of games last year. They were fun to watch. Jared Goff played great. They have firepower. They have an all-world defensive lineman in Aiden Hutchinson, who was an absolute monster. And I know I think there's some value in Chicago. I know you guys might be in on the Green Bay Packers, Are you worried house about the lions being too trendy or is it justified? Are they the best team in the NFC North?
1: I'm always worried when it comes to Detroit, there's no reason to, to ever get too excited about Detroit. They haven't won the NFC North since 1993. That's 30 years ago. JJ 1993 was the last time that now look, I have a lot of people in my life that are, that are from Detroit or have connection to Detroit. I like rooting for Detroit. They finished last season eight and two. They were a top three offense in the EPA across all kinds of metrics. Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, the coordinator, you know, the, the darling, they had to work hard to keep him. I know that that homie quietly got a tremendous raise this off season with the the constant, you know, uh coaching carousel. They kept them in Detroit. Coach Campbell is, is, is on lock. He's already the, the, The man looks fit, by the way. Have you seen him standing on the sidelines like he just shows up like he wants to put the pads on for a little bit? My issue with Detroit is twofold. They had to completely rehaul their secondary. And they had to completely rehaul it because it's a bottom two secondary in the entire NFL. They were a very fun brand of football last year. They just went out and tried to outscore their opponents. Very fun to watch. It's why the NFL consuming public, sports fans, us football fans, we like watching them. Go outscore your, your opponent. It's fun. I hate it. I hate it. I hated what they did in the draft. I cannot believe that they use the 12th position overall in the draft on a running back. I I don't even care if it was, um, you know, uh, Robinson. This team needs help on the defensive side of the ball. There were pass rushing options. They could have really done something meaningful uh, in terms of building up uh, 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 an opportunity to take that secondary off the island that that it's been uh, sitting on all last season. I don't like the what they did with with the draft and it's tempering my overall enthusiasm. It feels like the opportunity was staring them in the face to get better and to build on last season. I think that they're they're fine. A nine or ten win season seems very much uh, a, a possibility. They play the AFC West, which means they get Las Vegas uh, and 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 Denver along with the Chiefs and the Chargers. They get the NFC South, which is great, right? That that gives you a New Orleans, Atlanta, Carolina. And, and tampa but um i i think we might still be a little bit a ways away yet jg i just can't get there with them
2: in addition to draft drafting a running back in the first round this is a team that's thin at wide receiver Jameson williams he, he's i mean suspended so for the first six games of the nfl season and then marvin jones they're relying on him he's 33 years old so like to be thin at receiver and draft a running back. And then they, they also signed a running back. So they, I mean, they let go Jamal Williams and Deandre Swift and pick up two running backs in an area where they really didn't need to improve. They needed to improve the defense, which was really horrible. And then when I look at Jared Goff, I mean, he played well six and EPA for play last year, but I'm expecting regression. This is a guy who threw, who was top 10 and most catchable, Interceptions, And I think the Lions were really fortunate at the end of last year because they started off the season turning off, turning over the ball at will. But the second half of the season, they just didn't ha- have too many turnovers. So I, I just think they beat up on weaker competition last year. I think they were three and six against teams with winning records. And while they don't play a tough schedule, I'm just it's hard for me to buy in to a team with Jared Goff just being this off- offensive juggernaut that they were last year so if, if if they go over they win the NFC North they just gotta prove it to me cause I'm not betting it at all boys not
0: buying the Lions still pound for pound the most talented team in the division uh, a lot of dissension amongst the ranks today I like it for House for Raheem JJ signing off good job by the War Gone Warrior we're back next time for the AFC and the NFC South boys are out be good everybody It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The NFL season is right around the corner, and there is no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. There are a ton of NFL futures markets available, from player props to team markets. FanDuel has exclusive offers, boosts, and more all month long for the MLB, golf, tennis, UFC, and, of course, the NFL. When you win... You'll get paid fast, and be sure to jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting and try out MLB Live SGPs. Combine multiple bets from the same game in a same-game parlay and a same-game parlay+. plus. So download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com. To learn more about the resources and helplines available, and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in present, select states, gambling problem, call 800 gambler or visit the ringer.com slash RG. Must be 21 plus and present in present, select states, FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem, call 800 gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa. Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1 888 789 7777, or visit slash chat in Connecticut, 109 within Indiana, 100 522 4700, or visit com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700-WYOMING. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call
2: 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.